You are now listening to The Conscious Creative Corner, the intersection of unapologetic lifestyle and creativity. Get ready to be inspired and dive into uncensored truths with tackling business and mental space with other transparent influencers and entrepreneurs. Let our conscious conversation normalize the chaos you may call life. Let's get consciously creative. Hey guys, today on the Conscious Creative Corner, we have a throwback. And when I say throwback, I mean it's like a year old. It was a recording I did, or I should say podcast episode I did with a young lady exactly a year ago when she asked me to come on the show and explain to people how I monetized my blog and how I became a creator. I am so excited to share this with you as she shared um, her rights to the episode with me. Her name is Sierra Renee and her show is called The Sierra Renee Show and I do urge you to go check it out. I don't. She hasn't made an uh, episode in a while, but I did tell her that she should start again. Again, because she hello hello hi love how are you i am well hey guys we have sia wiggins on the line with her beautiful daughter um she is a mama preneur so don't mind the baby noises how are you today I'm great. You know, it's Friday. I mean, my Friday is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Ooh, okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, the joys of being a business owner, but um, it's Friday. I'm another. It's, I'm living. I'm breathing. It's another day. So everything is awesome over here. How are you? I am well. I'm doing great. Today is a lovely day. I'm so, I'm just in the best mood. So um, tell the listeners a little bit more about what you do and your business. Okay, yeah. So hello, you guys. I am Sia. Full name Felicia, but everyone calls me Sia. I like to call myself the ex-clinician because I used to be a therapist, but now I am a full-time business owner. I'm a blogging and business coach, and I just help business owners and aspiring bloggers to upload their content so their content can turn into cash. And when I'm not doing that, I am taking care of my lovely daughter, Mia. (laughs) So that's me in a nutshell. Yes. Okay. So what inspired you to do this for yourself, to start a business and and to be self-employed? Like, what was your journey like? So I'm probably, my story is so cliche, just like many others, you know, I found myself going through school and thinking that, you know, I liked something because I was great at it. Um, and it's this is, this is actually when I learned the difference between zone of excellence and zone of genius, right? So my zone of genius is um, conducting therapy, helping, you know, the mentally ill um, get better, the people who are struggling with um, anxiety, day-to-day anxiety, anxieties, um, for them to really find that space within themselves to feel comfortable to be themselves within this world that's so chaotic. And that's my zone of genius. But I realized that within my zone of genius, I was 
I was struggling myself. I was just like, you know, I like doing this. This isn't really like where I'm passionate or this isn't where my passion lies. Like I learned that my zone of excellence came from when I was able to expound upon my creativity where I was able to create videos and um, blog posts and anything that really pushed me um, to where I could really kind of tell the world who I am and what I do without using my without using my voice um where or I should say not my voice but without me actually explaining what I do but doing it through creativity that's where I found this place of like uh share passion and so I decided one day like you know what there are other great therapists out there um I think it's time for me to do something for myself, and that's when I was just like, you know what, I'm going to do blogging full-time or and um, help others do this as well, because people get so trapped within their four walls at their workplace, and I'm just like, you guys don't need to do that. There is business within blogging, so that's just how it happened, which is pretty cliche, because I feel like everyone's just like, oh, I hated my job, and now I do this, and <laughs> I guess that's where I, um, I lay, so... Right. And I think that's really the pinnacle of, of a lot of people's journeys these days because we're learning about methods of monetizing our passion and we're learning that we can actually make money from doing things that we're good at. So speaking of monetization, what advice do you have for someone who is looking to make a career out of blogging because it's so easy to go ahead and create a blog but there is this sense of oh my gosh when it comes to actually creating revenue from the act of blogging so what advice do you have for um aspiring bloggers Okay, yeah, so I love answering this question. And what I'm gonna actually do is plug in something that happened earlier this week. It's kind of twofold. So um, one of my past students from the academy that I run, she told, um, I guess, someone else that she's in a Facebook group with about me. And so she reached out on Facebook and she was like, hey, you know, such and such told me about you, um, can you help? And you know, we, ha- we went into this long conversation and, um, long story short she told me like she didn't start a blog because she's Muslim and she was so afraid of backlash and she really wanted to quit her teaching job so that she could she could start um, creating revenue online and start a blog a blog but her passion lies in teaching people about her religion and her her political views and recipes and she was just like I feel like the whole world is going to belittle me and they're going to be so nasty to me and I just can't find myself um actually stepping out of the teaching role to do this even though she hated teaching and so we got into this long conversation and I, I really understood where she was coming from right because I you know being different no matter how different you are just being different point blank uh sets you apart and it it makes you feel so little and we are like our biggest critique and so when we feel little um and we're belittling ourselves we can only you can only imagine what others might think of you and so for her my advice was just do it I mean as simple as that I was just like you know 
I rather, and I, I and this was, and I told her I'm really different when it comes to um, starting a business because people will say, well, you got to be mindful of other people. And for me, and I'm just like, no, I don't need to be mindful of other people because if this person was meant to work with me or if this person was meant to read my material, then they're either like it or they don't. And if they don't, then okay, they can have an opinion of their own um, because everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but it's not going to stop my creativity. So I told her the same thing. And I was like, you know, I understand that for you being Muslim is just like something really it's really hard for her to be Muslim and then put it out there into the interwebs Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, and that space because people are so nasty behind a computer but I also told her at the end of the day um, unless someone's like a super hacker they're not going to track where you live and come kill you you know like right. that was her, her biggest yeah. fear is just like you know I don't want this to turn into like something horrid I'm just like at the end of the day that's not going to happen but what is going to happen is that you're going to miss out on a teaching opportunity. You're going to miss out on teaching someone that you guys, um, because she's like, everyone thinks I'm a bomber. And I'm just like, you're going to miss out on the opportunity of teaching someone that you're not a bomber right. and that you're not out to kill the whole entire world. And you're going to do that. Um, and you're missing the opportunity to actually create, correct that person um, from those misconceptions. Um, but, you know, it was such a long, <laughs> it was such a long conversation, but I was just like, wow, this is, this is great. You know, because, she wants to do something, but her fears are really holding her back. And fears are not just holding her back from creativity, but it's holding her back from her money. And no one should ever hold you back from your bag, okay? Absolutely. <laughs> and with monetization now, um, the second part, I told her that there is so many different avenues nowadays. Um, when I started 11 years ago, oh God, 11 years ago, <laughs> aging myself, um, <laughs> Literally, the only thing you could do was, um, I shouldn't say only, but at this point, the only thing that most bloggers were doing were um, putting ads on their blogs, right? Right now, that's so antiquated. No one really does that. Sure, people do it, but you don't make that much money from it. Right. Now, you can make money from building your own product, um, affiliateships, sponsorships, ambassadorships. You know, like, there are so many different ways to do it, but you just have to put yourself out there and create that content um, without fears of what someone else might say. And you know what? If someone does say something, then you're doing something right because someone's reading your material. Like, you just don't want your stuff to go unread. So uh, I, I think that's the biggest thing is just kind of going out there and doing it and knowing that you aren't stuck. Like, you don't put a cap on yourself um, right. when you're creating a blog or creating content for cash uh, because you decide how much money you want to get if uh, outside of the ad world because the ad advertisers decide how much you get but when you are um you doing the other stuff you decide how much you want to get right. um and how frequently and so on and so forth so it's just um it's, it's a great space to be in absolutely and and I think it's great that you are kind of giving this value as far as not being afraid to be a disruptor just because that's something that's the kind of space that I want to create for not only women who are in business for themselves but women of color because often I find that a lot of us feel stifled or we feel like we have to be a certain way to you know generate money and that's what I was saying in the last podcast is that it, it's not going to stop your bag if you're just being 
yourself and and especially if you are creating waves in whatever industry you're in it's okay to go against the grain a little you know what i mean mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i think too um like being a woman woman of color we want to fit in so badly um that we're afraid to stand out right because no one wants to be that girl or that black girl okay right, right. <laughs> no one wants to be that black girl um going against the grain or um telling someone off not that that's not the approach you have to have but that's how people automatically see us well at least from my experience that's how that's how people automatically see us as soon as you step out of line you know and I think that's kind of what's holding people back when they're just saying like oh well no I don't want to do this because I'm afraid it's fair of not being accepted and you know as a black woman we or for me at least I have experienced not being not being accepted all my life to the point where I feel like I've become numb and that's not a great place to be but it's a good starting point to know that a change has to happen um, especially in the business world, because we aren't represented as much as we need to be. So. Absolutely. <laughs> and I agree. I agree. I think that I, um, from my experience, it was more so like, I grew up with a mother who was just like, listen, this is who you are. Don't kiss nobody's butt. And, mm-hmm. you know, just be, you say what you have to say. And so I grew up in a very, liberated position because our our parents do play an important part in our lives and to kind of have that sense of okay you can be and say whatever you want my mom is one of the most blunt people that I know and she's not gonna stifle her opinion for anybody's feelings and so Mm -hmm. I think that that contributes to maybe the way that that we function but also it's just knowing that if you can speak for yourself in this instance as a woman of color I'm not saying that we're representing everyone's opinion but you kind of speak for the minority in a way Mm -hmm. you know what Mm -hmm. I mean and so I'm wondering what do you feel um, talk about your experience as a black woman and just overcoming that ability to step out of your shell because a long for a long time I wouldn't do videos like I'm doing now because I thought that you know I would, I would create some really cute special like structured post that was a text post about what I had to say because I thought that this is how I was supposed to give value and I have never seen my following grow so fast now because of the kind of content that I am creating and I'm not afraid to ruffle feathers and I'm not afraid to say what I have to say and like I like we talked about for a long time it's kind of like you want to be accepted because Mm -hmm. you've been told by people who are doing x y and z that this is the way that you need to be or represent yourself to go further but the reality is the experience of a black woman is so different that nobody can tell us how to navigate but us. So what do you think contributed to you kind of moving into a space where you came into your own and said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And it it really just don't matter what anyone else is going to (laughs) say. So for me, uh, the experience is quite different. So I have a sister who's 10 years younger than me. 
and um, watching her grow up, I'm just like, wow, you have been afforded so much. Um, so I wasn't originally born in America. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother and I were from Jamaica. And so my mother and I uh, migrated here. Uh, I want to say uh, I was like in grade school. And my mother always preached this, right? So she was just like, we're not in Jamaica anymore. You need to learn how to speak proper. Like mm-hmm. literally every time I would say something, my mother would ingrain that in my head. And she was just like, <laughs> my mom, I'm sorry for your the listeners. My mom would just be like, the white people are not, and this is her exact part. <laughs> the white people are not going to accept you because you're a little, <laughs> like, you're a little brown girl and you're not, you don't look like them. Basically, that's, mm-hmm. just, that's yep. what she would say, right? And so for me growing up, I'm just like, oh my goodness, I need to learn how to speak this way. Oh gosh, I can't do that because people at school would be like, what are you saying? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. So for me, when I was growing up, I'm just like, okay. I need to learn how not to be myself. And it messed with my mind, Sarah, so much. Like, when when I got into, like, um, uh, what was it, like, 10, 11th grade, and I'm just like, I can't do this anymore. Because that's when I started seeing people that were like me, and I started, I found my little Jamaican crew. And right, yeah. <laughs> and then they taught me, like, girl, they're like, girl, don't listen to your mom. You're all right. But see, for my mom, it was just her. And so she really wanted to make sure she found a state where she could get a job and um, she could provide for us. And she was learning really quickly that she wouldn't be able to get a job if she didn't sound and look like other people that didn't look like her. And so for me, I grew up with that same um, that same construct until I found my group of friends. And then that's when I learned, like, wow, I don't know who I was, but that's not who I was. And. From that, from that experience, I always tell my sister, I'm just like, listen, thank God my mom doesn't think that anyway, way yeah. anymore. Um, she's now one of those blunt moms and she's ready to cut anybody out at any minute. <laughs> um, we're, I remember being banned from certain stores after she learned, like wow. after a couple of years of being yes. here, after she learned, she was like, no, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get treated like this. Um, and it was so embarrassing as a teenager, but anyway, um, I tell my sister all the time, like, if you want to start a business, start a business. Um, because she sees me, she sees, she sees what I'm doing, and she's learning, like, okay, I can start a business as a black girl. I can, and I'm so thankful for her friends, too, because some of her friends have their own businesses. And she's just like, I can do this. Um, and I tell her all the time, you you need to stand out. And in order to stand out, like you said, you have to be yourself. Because um, you are branding yourself, essentially, before you brand a product. People don't even care what you sell. It's really who's the person selling it. Absolutely. You know, just like, just I always think about Apple. Like, Apple could sell you something for $5,000. That's the simplest thing. It's not, it's just a brand, you know? And right. so you're branding yourself first and foremost. And for me, I guess I always remember that. And if someone's not going to like me, I don't take it personal because I'm just not that cup of tea and I, I'm and everyone's not my cup of tea so my experience is just yeah a little bit different where I had to learn how to grow out of that construct and then kind of create my own where I'm just like it's okay to be different it's okay to be myself um and then kind of spin off from that but it's it's I can see where it's hard for women of color um because again we've been so suppressed oppressed uh, for so many years and we're yeah. still going through it um, sad to say I mean sure it's gotten a little bit better but has the percentage grew a lot no um, right 
and you think about all these different movements, all these things that are happening, and yet we're still underlooked, undervalued, and I don't understand why any woman would still want to work in a workplace where we're still getting less than men. Absolutely. <laughs> like it doesn't make sense. But, Absolutely. Hey, you you know, you have, if you have a family, you have to provide, you got to do what you got to do, but, yep. you know. Absolutely. And I feel that. I feel that on a personal level. And I think that it's just really great that we at least have this space where we can make impact on other brown women because Mm -hmm. I have younger sisters and my sister is 13 and she sees me and she's like, oh my gosh, like she looks at me and she's like, you're like, you made a thousand dollars. You kind of rich. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it's, it's just this crazy thing where the, the fact that we are able to build something that belongs to us is, Mm. is, is we're just in a climate where it's interesting to see it play out. But definitely I think that that we still lack, you know, representation. I'm looking around at all of these movements and I'm looking around at all of these spaces. We're carving out spaces for women and we're carving out spaces for um, different empowerment, things like that. But there is nothing that I personally can identify with. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing on, you know, with Sierra Renee Media, because it's like, nobody's speaking like me no one's creating something that i can look at and say oh my gosh like i see myself in this tweet or i see myself in this quote or whatever you know what i mean Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so i think that creating that space in particular is one of the most important things to focus on right now especially for me i know for me that's something that I'm placing emphasis on is just getting women of color this opportunity to not only share a space, but to create a sense of of understanding and representation at the same time, because I don't see myself in any of what's going on right now. Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree. It's it's tough and you know we kind of fall into that category where if you don't see something that doesn't fit you're trying to mold yourself into it like okay right how how can I how can I relate um so it's good that you know people like you are creating spaces where we can have a sense of community where we are being not just represented but appropriately represented you know and again yeah we don't speak for all black women or women of color right but it's one step closer right then nothing right and and you you touched on something before you know um having a business that you can call your own and I think it's so great so kind of going back into the clinical world where I would um serve people of color people in um low-income communities and I would see so many of them saying oh I just got this brand new stereo system or I bought this new couch I have a favorite client of mine she used to always get so many different things I'm like oh girl I love this and she's just like I'm just like oh where'd you get it she's like rent a center literally (laughs) rent a center (laughs) and I'm just like okay um we need to fix this because absolutely if you think about it um yeah, we, we want, again, it's just like that vision of having it all, um, looking like everybody else and to look like everybody else. Okay, I got to fit in. To fit in, I need to go get this. So I'm going to go rent this so I can fit in. Right. You know, and just <laughs> having yep. something that's their own, it's just a, it's a, feeling, a feeling that's like no other, right? But not yep. a lot of women or people of color that get to experience that because we're just so 
stuck in this repetitive cycle of um I mean we kind of fall this is a whole different topic but you know you kind of fall into it where um society says you have to be one way so you do this and then mm-hmm. you fall into debt and it's, 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 it's a vicious cycle but having something that you can call your own is an end goal that I want for all women especially women of color so I think absolutely. that's pretty appropriate yeah I agree and I, I think that in in our communities we need to start having real true conversations about ownership that doesn't include like oh my son played basketball or mm-hmm. he went to go now he's a rapper and he blew up like we need to really have conversations about wealth building versus appearing that we have wealth or or oh, yes. there needs to be and this is what I stand for there needs to be a real representation of building not oh I never took an L or I never failed or I never we need to have more conversations about you know what I failed and this is what it looks like and I'm cool with it or mm-hmm. I don't like driving Mercedes Benz I mean I want to drive a Mercedes Benz eventually I will but right now I don't you know what I mean or mm-hmm. um we need to talk about how our black babies deserve businesses and land instead of Jordans and, and whatever else. Yeah, girl, say it again. No, seriously. I'm serious. <laughs> it's so serious. And, and we, so need, serious. Like, we need to have that sort of education because it. I think that the social climate would be so different if we extended this knowledge and, and we were open to also receiving it. So that's why making that space is so important it really is it really is and it 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 takes it takes a village you know so getting those getting the right set of people to have that same vision and then carry it out is most important because a lot Mm -hmm. of times you know on my timeline I see a lot of people saying okay let's do this let's do this and it never gets done and it's again it's one thing to have a vision but actually executing it so that things like this can happen so that we aren't having I right yeah I rather have people own land like you said than own Jordans you know and I right. think that's like the biggest thing <laughs> like uh create your wealth and having people really execute this plan um it excites me but I just I don't see it happen all the time so hopefully we can make a change you know absolutely get things going I agree. I, I definitely agree. I mean, it's it's just for me personally, um, it has just been a lot. It's been a journey of figuring out how I want to define myself in addition to remembering that I'm also young. So trying not to have the weight of the world on my shoulders because I feel like I have to. But I definitely just think that we need to create something that is is just it's a pillar for black women um what tips do you have for a black woman who or woman of color in general I don't want to say just black people because there are so many people of color in the world so Mm -hmm. what advice do you personally have because I mean you're, you're a bit older than me um, I'm 20, so <laughs> you gotta like come at it from a big cis angle. What advice do you have for a younger person who is looking to start their own business? And of course, at this time, 
you're a little bit self-conscious, some more than others, some less than others. What advice do you have for someone who is like, you know what, I'm a woman of color. I want to start my own business. And I just, I just don't know how, like I'm afraid or whatever, like what push or even what advice would you give to your younger self? Oh gosh. Yes. Okay. So knowing what I know now, um, I think for me, at least, um, we're always afraid to ask for help. Um, because we think we can do things on our own mm-hmm. and it's not true. Um, right. Not saying that you can't execute things on your own, but everyone needs someone. So for someone that is, you know, a little bit hesitant about starting their own business and kind of shy or, you know, aren't, isn't really certain, find yourself a mentor, find, do and do your research, find someone that you is not aspire to be, but aspire to be better than. Mm-hmm. right um that is doing what you're doing um that can kind of give you the road map but then you take it upon yourself to make it better um i say that to say it's a lot uh, being young I, I remember i had a little side shea butter business uh, some time some time ago <laughs> and i had a, no idea what i was doing so i would get sales here and there just making some quick cash while i was in school but if I had a mentor or just knew exactly what I was doing, um, I feel like I could have blew up a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. I could have tripled my income um, than whatever I was from whatever I had from before. But finding someone that can help you and has your best interest in mind, in mind it's tough to do uh, because not everybody is for you. But definitely doing your research and looking at other people and other people too like now we have social media and you can follow some of your favorite uh, business owners um and sometimes those people will respond you know um if you say hey can you not say can you mentor me but build a relationship first right and (laughs) kind of go in with that okay i love what you're doing um would you mind can i hop on a call with you just to talk um because there's so many different angles and facets to business that you don't even think about until you're in it and then you get become so overwhelmed and then that's when most people give up right um so just making sure that you have someone that can lead you in that right direction again you can do it all by yourself but i am a fan of not reinventing the wheel um yep so just (laughs) taking the time to plan things out and again it's that fear factor um, there's always going to be that voice in your your head that says you can't do this, but of course you can because you you've thought about it, right? Your mind has taken you to that place where you can envision it. So if you can envision it, you can absolutely do it. Absolutely, I have a mentor. She is one of the best people in the world, and she always tells me never ever ever reinvent the wheel. Just make it better. So that's amazing. Mm-hmm advice so tell the listeners where they can find you if they want to reach out and get in touch or follow you let us know oh yes so i you can reach out on both my personal page where i do my blogging which is nearly sia n-e-a-r-l-y-c-i-a on instagram um or my other business page where i help young women (laughs) Um, create their businesses and content and blogs and that's Achieve Her Perfection 
So that is A-C-H-I-E-V-H-E-R, perfection, no E at the end of achieve, on Instagram or achieveherperfection.com. I am always, always, always talking with people. Um, even if you want to chit-chat, want about some ideas off, I am not one of those people who's going to say, oh, I charge for my time. But I I love <laughs> just right. being a soundboard <laughs> for someone so yes. you don't waste your time. So definitely reach out if you want to chat love it love it so thank you so much for giving me your time you and your cute daughter she is so adorable and (laughs) she's so adorable and and just just thank you for having this important dialogue and i i really do appreciate your time thank you so much for having me on it's been a pleasure it has so i will talk soon thank you so much all right take care Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, creatives. Thanks for listening to the Conscious Creative Corner. If you like the show, be sure to rate, subscribe, and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other creatives find ways to listen to our uncensored truths. Be sure to check me out on Instagram to let me know how you enjoyed the show. You can find me at Sia or Achieve Her Perfection. And if you are a struggling creative that's trying to find their creative niche, don't forget that you can sign up for my creative content business tips in the show notes, or you can visit achieveherperfection.com. I'll talk to you guys soon.